now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up. One hundred and fifty-two episodes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We are live. Pancakes and Power Slam show. Once again, back at it. Last week of Black History Month, so we're going to dedicate a lot of this show to Black History Month. Uh, just commemorating just legendary and pseudo and kind of uh, semi-legendary or at least notable uh black wrestlers you know we got we got a, a handful of them a couple handfuls of them and then of course our for the week this week is going to be uh, we're going we're going to talk about uh, uh the part 2 of just black pro wrestlers who should have been world champions and we're going to talk about Hacksaw Butch Reed not really the WCW version but uh, mostly the the mid south version of Hacksaw Butch Reed and how he could have carried that over. He was very very over. We'll get to that uh, at the end of the show. Again, we'll talk about uh, just a number of, of of black pro wrestlers throughout the show tonight. Black History Month episode number one hundred and fifty two, and of course we have WWE Fastlane and Raw. Uh, and it should be very, very interesting talk that we will uh, have and unearth tonight with Fastlane. Uh, I actually thought it was a pretty solid pay-per-view, and I thought Raw was very good, uh, too. Uh, relatively good, but we'll get into that in depth. And, of course, we have the first trivia question of the night. I will give this to Derek just to break the ice for all the people uh, listening out there live, of course, the uh, live chat room through the Blog Talk Radio, and of course, we are wrestling.net live chat. Got a couple other, a couple other opportunities to up the pike too. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how those goes. We'll see how the, those go. Uh, you know, the, the time that I have is thin, so we'll see. We'll see uh, what the opportunities uh, if they if they fit my schedule, uh, and if they do, I will definitely let you know about them and uh, be sure to promote them. So stay tuned with that. Also, again, 
three-year anniversary show coming up on April the 7th. Three-year anniversary show, the week after Russell, our WrestleMania uh, aftermath show. And we have a legendary guest that I'm really, really, really excited to talk, talk to. And just to really pick his brain and let us know just all of his experience with uh, WCW and WWE and all of the other promotions that he wrestled for. I'm not going to give too much away. Uh, we'll be we announcing that here in the next couple of weeks. So be be, tor- uh, be uh, sure to stay tuned with that. Uh, without further ado. So we don't have to. Uh, so we don't uh, go uh, have an overrun or or one out of time because uh, this guy always says ninety minutes is never enough, and he's very very true. So again, as always, pleasure to have you tonight on the show, Derek Pancakes and Power Slams co-host correspondent. I'm here. I'm in the studio, and this is live Pancakes and Power Slams, the new Tuesday night Titans. And like someone else already said, 90 minutes is never enough. But uh, big week in wrestling. Big week in wrestling. We've got a lot to talk about. And again, uh, we're going on a three-year anniversary. That's going to be something spectacular. You don't want to miss it. If you do miss it, you've been blacklisted. Chris Featherstone, yes. let's start the show. <laughs> indeed, you, indeed, you have been. So you don't want to do that. Man, three years, just just the, just the sound of that, that this, this show has been on the air for three years, man. That is um, that is humbling. It's incredibly humbling, and we just continue to have a, a whole lot of support that's continuing to just go off the charts. Be sure to support, um, you know, financially through the Crave Wrestling PayPal uh, again, crazywrestling at gmail dot com is PayPal. We love we we love your donations. Uh, continue to support uh, through there, and also continue to support my writings on Bleacher Report. Uh, man, just uh, almost three year. Well, yeah, almost three years strong with uh, Bleacher Report as well. Um, I, I I get so much support on <laughs> Bleacher Report. I get I have. How about this, Derek? I I, I don't. I think I've written two hundred and some articles, and I got over five and a half million reads so far in three years, man. How about that? Five and a half million reads. That that just means that people are reading and listening to you. I mean, it's that's absolutely phenomenal. It's got to be a milestone. I can't even count that high, nor would I want to. I don't have that many weeks <laughs> in my life to waste. That's how many people have been reading. Listening, thinking, pondering your wrestling ideas. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. And uh, then you got Pancake and Power Slams, another avenue that you have to, to speak to the masses, to speak to the wrestling masses. And uh, I've been yes, fortunate sir. enough to come along and uh, help you out with it. And uh, it's been a great ride. Three years, Pancake and Power Slams, let alone your Bleach Report, We Are Wrestling, everything that you've done. I mean, now, hats off, man. You've done a very well job. Man, I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, man. And, uh, you know, you, you have not seen the last of Chris Featherstone. I will continue to write w- what I'm thinking and just, 
just uh, just convey my my wrestling thoughts to you all. I thank you all, the the five and a half million uh, viewers of my articles through Bleach Report and all the other uh, sites that I've written for in the past, and of course we are wrestling.net here in the present. Uh, thank you so much for all of your support, and I'm I'm excited about the three year anniversary show. The three year anniversary show is going to be oh, it's going to be really 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 good. Some surprises, some fun fun stuff, awesome interview, and uh, some fun games and trivia in store for that night too. So let's get to fast lane. I said I was going to uh, pose a trivia question to Derek. Now I'm a man of my word. I can't I can't go back on that. So with that being said, with that being said, how many world title reigns do Ric Flair have? It's very 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 simple icebreaker. Um just so just to, you know, get the get the night started. Well, we'll get the night started, and that would be, you know, the band Kiss had a song called Christine 16. And I pretty much think that has something to do with the Ric Flair title lineage. There you go. 16 title reigns, and you are absolutely, positively correct. Great job. Great job to start tonight. All right, Fast Lane. We start off with Miss TV, Paul Heyman, uh, on the pre-show. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it just seems like it was mostly centered toward, you know, Paul Heyman talking about Brock Lesnar. Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar wasn't there that night. And we'll talk a little bit more about what happened on Raw. I reported it on the RearWrestling.net. Uh, not, not, well, I reported it through uh, what, what they reported. And I also reported it on the Crave Wrestling Facebook page. Something uh, happened with Brock Lesnar as far as uh, a little bit of conflict that caused uh, some, some you know, some decisions that uh, made uh, made all types of wrestling news. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Heyman talks about Lesnar. That was most. That was most of uh, what the the Miz TV interview was. On top of. The Miz just continuing to, uh, you know, just uh, I, I guess to belittle and, uh, Sandow, and you know, it it's interesting how this is leading into a, uh, a WrestleMania match, and uh, you know, Mizdow really getting his shining moments. And we never seen we never seen Sandow or Mizdow as as a as a babyface, so uh, it, it'll be pretty interesting to see how that works out. And you know, the culmination of this you know has to be WrestleMania. I'm glad that they didn't. Uh, I, I am happy that they didn't uh, decide to jump the gun uh, and, and do it premature as far as Sandow breaking out. I'm glad that they're going closer toward uh, Mania. Instead of just kind of using it at, at, at you know this this uh, fast lane pay per view, I like that. I can respect that. And it it the I guess the 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 build is is getting more suspenseful and it's causing more interest and in seeing when 
will be the time that that uh, Mizdow decides to um, no longer be a personal assistant. We kind of on Raw, we kind of saw some uh, some, some trinkets. As far as that is, you know, Mizdow saying that uh, he want to thank him being his personal assistant. He he's going to be a spokesperson on a uh, on a commercial. So that's a good. That's interesting. You know, storyline building there. Uh, so it seems like he's kind of, you know, gracefully bowing out. But Miz is still while while he's with him, the Miz is still causing him to to do some some really crazy and and slavish thing so it, it's an interesting storyline for the both of them it's an interesting storyline almost kind of makes me reminds me to the time it was the million dollar man when he used to boss around Virgil there for a while before Virgil finally broke out mm-hmm. and said enough is enough and I mean there's a big contrast between the two and it's really um, they really have done very well with this as far as not making it so quick I mean, we were talking probably a month, a month and a half ago about, you know, oh, this is going to break, and, you know, it's not going to last two mania. It's going to happen, you know, sooner than later. And so far, it's still, I mean, it could happen at mania. I mean, as far as the uh, the match between the two, I mean, something's going to give eventually. Everyone sees it coming, but it's, I mean, they're still, they're milking it for everything they can. It's been a great decision on their part for the WWE. It's just yeah. keep this going. Keep this one storyline. Don't just. Have it now, and then have it at the big event next biggest soonest chance that you have. Just let it, just let it uh, hang on the clothesline for a little bit, let it dry, and then let it explode. It's going to be great. It's going to reap the benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And then we'll see probably some type of stipulation match at Extreme Rules in May, and um, they kind of they probably just go their merry way after that. It's just kind of we we just kind of have to live in the moment with this because I really don't see Mizdow doing much after this. To be honest with you, I, I don't. I'm not quite sure where that's going to land, but you know, let's not project too far out. Let's just kind of live in the moment when it, when it comes to this feud because uh, you know this is probably the best thing going for 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 Mizdow that he's ever. Experience, yeah. He had a team with with Cody Rhodes and won Money of the Bank, but you know both of those didn't really have good payoffs. But at least this time he'll he'll have a a nice WrestleMania payoff. I just hope that they don't do it like at the pre-show. That would just take away the entire. They would just take so much air out of uh, a, a. Nicely built feud. I hope they really don't hope they don't just waste this away on the um, on the pre-show. Next question for Derek. Once <laughs> you once again, what was Junkyard Dog's finishing move called? What was Junkyard Dog's finishing move called? Yeah, it was too easy that you didn't 
<laughs> you didn't answer it correctly, unfortunately. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pancakes and Power Sims, episode 152. We are here. We are live. This is a fun, fun show, as always. Next, we have our opening match of the evening on Fastlane. Seth Rollins, Kane, and Big Show defeats Dolph Ziggler, Ryback, and Eric Rowan. Um... I understand that the authority gets the gets the rub in this match, but what is what is this really going to lead to? Uh, you know, Ziggler, Ryback, and Roman Rowan has been teaming up the past three months. You know, since uh, Survivor Series, and I understand that they're kind of like the outcasts, and the, the authority keeps trying to just drive away. I, I like it, but they really don't have, you know. No momentum going behind him. Ziggler loses uh, still cleanly. Rowan loses all the time. Ryback's got some momentum, but, you know, it's still not leading. And he's winning matches. He's over. But it's not really leading anywhere. He's just kind of feed me more. He wins a match. He'll beat Kane. He'll beat whomever else. And that's it. And so... I don't see much of a match going on between, you know, any of these people heading into WrestleMania. The only thing I can imagine is if they do some weird, you know, thing going. I mean, Ryback did announce, you know, him being in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And to me, that's just kind of like a cop-out to me as far as the creative staff is concerned. Now, Ryback... The past, I would say the past three months, he's one of the, you know, I would say top four baby faces, uh, top four to five baby faces that they really could have done something with, but they decide to, they, they, they decide to give John Cena the feud with Rusev, over, you know, instead of Ryback. We saw a little bit of a right back and Rusev feud, uh, you know, a few months back, but that really there was no payoff. That that really didn't lead anywhere. It would have been perfect for Ryback to become U.S. champion and really, you know, continue his push as a mid card babyface. But they decide to give that to John Cena. I think it was out, uh, just the, the the idea is horrible. Now I understand from the pay per view standpoint, giving the rub to Rusev was good. We'll talk about that a little later. But still, though, Rusev is over. Period. He's over enough to really give someone that opportunity, give someone that rub to become U.S. champion. Because he's been champion for you know for a few months now, I think it was uh, September or so, September or October that he won. So it's about four or five months that he that he won that he's been champ. Some good steam, some good momentum. He's still really over as a heel, and he just needs to give someone that rub instead of John Cena gasping for a spot and an opportunity to still be the man in some in some way. I just I don't like it. Give Cena a spot at Mania, you know, let him be in the daggone Andre the Giant Battle Royal or, or just give him some random spot against, like, Luke Harper or something like that. But I, I just, not a fan. I, I'm, I'm just, 
not a fan of what I see. Uh, Daniel Bryan's kind of out in the op- out in the uh, in the in the open now, out in the you know uh, out in the field now, and you know Daniel Bryan, John Cena again at Mania. That you know that would draw, but just uh, I don't like it. Just Dolph Ziggler, Ryback, Eric Rowan. It seemed like they're going to give Ziggler a spot in the Intercontinental Title match, which. I'm cool with. We'll talk about all this later, but as far as the six man, as far as the six man match is concerned, you know why give the authority the win and and Kane and Big Show haven't mattered for quite some time now. And they haven't mattered for a long time. That's so much is up in the air at WrestleMania right now. So much is just up in the air. I mean, really, who wants to be on the winner of the Under the Giant Battle Royal? I mean, right. really, who cares? Why would that be your goal? If that's your goal, then go somewhere else and wrestle. I mean, yeah. it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. There's just there's no yeah. definite. The only definite match is a title match, and that, that pretty much that's almost it. Yeah, you got Bray Wyatt and Undertaker, but still, that's as far as we know a teaser. Probably will happen, but probably won't see Undertaker at all. And with the the Sting and Triple H, other than that. You really don't have much, and you've got all these guys. You got you know the six man tag, and anytime you're in a six man tag, it's just a time filler. That's really all it is. That's all it ever has been. Nothing yeah. really true can come out of a six man tag match. And um, you got Ziggler, you've got Cena and Rusev, a, a rematch. Eh. You know there could be a, a lot of good things coming. I like to see Dolph Ziggler against you know, Daniel Bryan. That would be decent, and Barrett against. Well, bared against Rusev. I don't know. I mean, there's just so many. It's it's hard to say. We've got so much limited time here. I mean, what we could really, what the what the draw out, what the blueprint could be for WrestleMania, because no one really knows. Because there's just so much unanswered questions right now. And you know, what are we what are we going to what are we going to be talking about what, six weeks from now after WrestleMania? How great it was. You know, what it lead up to. I mean, that's really interesting. And so, I mean, but we want to hear what you guys have to say. I mean, tweet to us. I mean, 347-884-8452, chat room. We've got all kinds of means. I mean, let's figure this thing out before WrestleMania gets here so we can uh, be on the better and know what's up. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you know, things are trying to, you know, just kind of uh, work its way in and just kind of uh, play out uh trying to play out uh but you know i i think that uh i think i think that that fastlane did its job as being the prelude to wrestlemania like i said i think it was a you know i tweeted it i, was, I think it was a solid pay-per-view i mean there there's not there wasn't much to expect because you know, because of it being fast lane, because of it being because of it being a inaugural pay per view, there wasn't much expectation. That's probably why I didn't think it was such a bad pay per view, because there was a lot of you know wrestling, there was a lot of action. Uh, of course, the the Sting moment was just absolutely phenomenal. We'll get to that here in a bit. But yeah, you know, it, it was a solid pay per view. But as far as you know, this being an opener. I understand that they wanted to do something with all of them. I, I get it. I, I get it. They wanted to the book all of them in some type of spot. 
But, you know, where does it lead to? Where does, you know, where does Eric Rowan, what's his WrestleMania spot? Probably at the, at, in the Battle Royal, which again, it, which again, really doesn't mean anything. Got a question in the chat room. See, listen, I I appreciate it, and keep doing it. As a matter of fact, it's okay. Keep doing it, but I'll announce the next Stump the Host um, <laughs> episode. But, hey, look, random impromptu Stump the Host, uh, hey, listen, go ahead and ask your questions. I'm not scared. With that being said, chat room says, what song did Junkyard Dog come out to in the WWE? That would be... Another one bites the dust. How about that? If you don't know, it's okay. Is what the chat room says. But uh, you know, I did know, and, and that's the that's the correct answer. So uh, one for me. Uh, let's uh, let's let's go into. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some legendary black wrestlers uh, after uh, in between Fastlane and Raw. Uh, because we definitely want to commemorate Black History Month. Um, uh, you know, as, as a as a black man myself, I uh, something that I would definitely not overlook because I definitely appreciate those who've paid the way for me to have my own radio show. So uh, that's that's saying the least of it. So next we have uh, and uh, well, real real quick about that six man match too. You know, Orton came back and. You know, for Orton to come back at Fastlane, uh, to me, I was—I think it was a little bit anticlimactical uh, because people were chanting Orton. I think it was very obvious how they were setting that up, beating him up afterwards, and you know, I get it. It, it was a really—they set it up. Orton comes back and. It wasn't really the thrilling moment and the thrilling thrilling return that he could have had if he would have came back, say, you know, TLC or the Royal Rumble or something to that nature. I think that probably would have been a better return. But he's back, and, um, you know, it's not too thrilling, but we'll see. we'll see where it leads to going into WrestleMania. Goldust defeating Stardust. It was a really weird finish. Stardust had some weird gear on to, to you know, at uh, Sunday nights at, at Fastlane. Um, but I tell you what, I like I like the feud. I like the build. I like the animosity that he's having. Don't call me Cody. That's a nice little, um, nice little element to the feud of don't call me Cody and and Goldust trying to say that I'm, you know, uh, Stardust is the alter ego and he's trying to he, he wants to beat it out of him. Dusty saying not you know don't do it. I like it. I, I like what I'm seeing right now. You know, I was a big fan of how will they be able to salvage the fact that they're about two years too late. But I think they're doing a good job. I think bringing this. I think the Stardust element to this, uh, you know, Rhodes Brothers feud is a nice, you know, ace in the hole, so to speak. You know, of uh, of just being a, a positive element to this feud and, and and how they're using it. I think it's a good idea too. So. Um, I was surprised to see Goldust beat Stardust cleanly. The crucifix pin that he did, it seemed like 
it wasn't a three count. It was seemed like the ref really kind of screwed that up because they really didn't do much after that. I mean, Raw, he lost a swagger, and we'll get to that later. But I don't know if it was just a start of a series of losses for him to become Cody again, which would be a, an interesting idea. But it was a weird finish, but, you know, I'm a Goldust fan, and so uh, I was glad that he got the win. I was glad he got the win. It almost seems like Goldust could be on borrowed time, so you just want to suck up and soak in all the gold dust moments that you have left. I mean, he's running hard. He's doing great. And uh, I think this could uh, this could really culminate to a very nice ending for gold dust as far as, uh, you know, just kind of like his final, his curtain call. And uh, Cody Rhodes, I mean, yeah, he could take the, I was screwed up at the time, you know, with the stars and the sun, everything aligning, and then go back to Cody Rhodes. But I'm happy with how this has gone. I'm happy with the way that Goldust and they were and Cody were a tag team for a while. Um, it was really great, and it's been a long time that they've been doing that. So I mean, it just seems like yesterday we started talking about it, but but uh, mm-hmm. time for end. But it's been a great run for Goldust. I mean, Cody's done well from it, so it's you know, I think it's been a great time. Wow, you know what? That is true because I remember it was. Around what night of champions two thousand thirteen that we were talking about them because they yeah because it was around fall of two thousand thirteen that they really started to that Goldust and Cody uh, was teaming up and then Goldust and Stardust was I think last year last year around what summertime or so fall uh, but yeah Goldust and Cody. Because I remember they were feuding with the Shield because they they were trying to get their jobs back, and so yeah, it's been it's been about a year and you know three well, a year and four almost a year and a half. So wow, I mean, just the very thought of that just time just flies. And so yeah, you're right. It, it was a, a pretty good uh, build. Because I think both of them were in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Because because uh, people were thinking that they were going to uh, feud and culminate their feud last year, and they both ended up having some weird random spot uh, in the Andre. I think they were in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, if I'm not mistaken, um, which I was very unhappy about because <laughs> it was just a waste of a uh, of time. But like I said, you know, they salvaged it, and it's not. Uh, I like. I'm liking what I see. So, uh, not too, not too bad at all. Next, uh, well, trivia question for the chat room. The next question on deck is: um, Alex Wright repackaged himself in WCW under what name? Alex Wright, thus Wonderkind. Repackaged himself in WCW under what name? So, uh, let's see. The the Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal. I think that's... just want to make sure. Yeah, Goldust and and Cody Rhodes were were both. Yeah, because Cody Rhodes... He was still Cody Rhodes last year during WrestleMania time. And Goldust and Cody Rose. Um, 
were both were both in there. Brad Maddox was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. How about that? And so was David Otunga. And I think that was, if I'm not mistaken, that was the last time that we've seen David Otunga wrestle in a WWE ring. So almost a year ago. So, yeah, I and that guy still has a job in the WWE, but. Yeah, good good for him. <laughs> good good for him. He's not. I'm sure he's doing some type of uh, you know um, backstage role, or maybe he works. He actually works in the office. You know, he's a pretty um, he's a pretty known attorney. I know he's had some jobs with uh, HLN and CNN as like a consult, a correspondent, a legal analyst, and so yeah. Uh, it's working out for him, so kudos to, to Otunga. So, uh, again, the question on going on right now is Alex Wright repackaged himself. Uh, dancing full is not the correct answer. It's, uh, that was the chat room here at Uh No correct answer as well. Uh it's it's a if you wanna if if you guys want well, you guys I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you some more time I know for a fact that I know I know for a fact that you guys know so I'm I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you some time I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you some time and allow you to 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 go ahead and uh, and answer that correctly because I've I have faith. And the audience of Pancakes and Power Slams to know Alex Wright repackaged himself in WCW under what name? All right, next we have uh, Kid and Cesaro defeating the Usos, becoming a new tag team champions. Um, I'm also forgetting Paige and uh, Nikki Bella. Uh, Paige versus uh, Nikki Bella. Um,. Yeah, it uh well that was after Kid and Cesaro. So Kid and Cesaro defeating the Usos. I called it, I knew it was gonna happen. It was one of those things that you know, you might as well just strike while the iron's hot. I I'm a big Usos fan, everybody knows that. Um but, you know, I I'm not opposed to it. You might you might as well, you know, strike while the iron's hot and allow them to have their moment. Kid and Cesaro, they've been around for a while and you know, uh, I, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I, I can't. You know, I can't complain about it. As far as uh, you know, of course, of course, one could say, you know, they should have had more time. You know, developed as a tag team, but they, you know, they've on and off. They've they've been a tag team for the better part of, uh, you know, I think probably they started, you know, probably middle last year, maybe even sooner than that. Um, and then they stopped being a tag team, and then they came back as a full-fledged tag team, um, you know, a few months ago. So, you know, they, they've they been a tag team for enough time to, to have some steam and momentum. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, a, it's it would be interesting to see how they're going, you know, what babyface tag team is on deck to, to – be contenders for them. Uh, I don't see it being the Usos, um, although they could have a rematch at WrestleMania. The Usos being uh, the Usos are phenomenal talent. 
So um, them having a WrestleMania match would definitely be one of the show stealers of the night. I'm sure it will. But, I'm, you know, on the other hand, I'm happy to see another babyface team really have a chance to emerge. Like I said, the Usos are the, are, the, are the team. They are the team. But, you know, you can you can have them be in a few with the Ascension or something like that, with non-title. But it'll be interesting to see what the next babyface team will be to emerge out of the shadows and, and become, uh, you know, uh, top contenders. Yeah, it's curious to see. And we really haven't seen that much. Uh, camaraderie in the tag team division as much as we have with uh, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. It's really, um, they've really gelled. Again, like Strike when the Iron Todd, that was a perfect decision. Usos have been around for a while. I mean, they're still believable as far as champions go, so uh, let them cool off for a bit. But uh, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro have really shown themselves with the charisma they have and just they have such a chemistry between the two of them. I mean, it's, it's a surprise. The show, I mean, it's the best thing that they can do right now with these two. And it's the best thing that the two of them have going. I mean, what else? Like Tyson Kidd was almost OVW material. I mean, I mean, it's just this has really resurrected him, and I'm totally with it. And I'm, I'm. They make a great tag team, and they're just going to keep on pushing forward. Yeah, I agree. Oh, by the way, great job, Wrestling dot net chat room. Uh, Berlin is indeed the correct answer. So, uh, great job there. Next question on deck is who was under the Wrath Mask and WCW? Who was under the Wrath Mask and WCW? All right. And, uh, I mean, I think you you said it very well there. You know, uh, they they both can wrestle. You know, they they both have a lot of uh, um, wrestling ability. They're a very complete tag team. Um, they they really kind of complement each other. Um, Tyson Kidd has more of the 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 uh, the athleticism and agility uh, as far as high flying is concerned. Smaller guy. Uh, Cesaro is more of a, a muscle the muscle of the of the team, and he can he you know he's very athletic as well. So good team you know. Um, I really hope that they they really do the whole brass ring crew thing. Uh, they they're, they're saying, you know, Kid and Cesaro still, but I think they need a t- I need I think they need a tag team name because we had like Booker T said something like, uh, Kid Cesaro dog like or something like that. Just some weird name that he called them. Which uh, didn't really work out, you know. And everybody knows I'm a big Booker T fan, but uh, uh, the the team name wasn't too good. And, and I think uh, JBL botched as well and said uh, Tyson and Cesaro. Ty, yeah, Tyson and Kid. I think he said at the very end. So they're already botching their their tag team names just by saying their their actual names. And so they they need a name. I think the brass ring. Uh, crew or the Bla- brass ring club, uh, kind of a, a, a kind of a, a play on Vince McMahon's podcast with uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin that he had a few months back. I think it's a good idea, and I don't know if anybody who's listening right now 
uh, have seen the 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 shirts that uh, they they've sport, uh, you know, live events. But uh, it has kind of a bullet club like look, and uh, I like it. It's a good idea. Speaking of bullet club, real quick, uh, the match between f- for anyone who don't watch ROH, um, you know, I I. I I don't know why you don't watch ROH for for starters. If you really like pro wrestling, watch Ring of Honor. It's fantastic. But uh, I just the match between the Bullet Club, AJ Styles and Young Bucks against ACH, Cedric Alexander and uh, Matt Seidel was absolutely phenomenal. Oh, it was just it was just one of those wrestling moments that you just can't you couldn't help but to smile and say, Oh God, I love pro wrestling. I I encourage anyone to do your best to try to YouTube it or go to the Ring of Honor site, do what you need to do. Watch that six man tag team match between AJ Styles and the Young Bucks against uh Seidel, Alexander, and ACH. Oh, just an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal match. Um, Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Brian Clark was uh, Wrath. Yes, good job. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Big fan. Uh, ACH is the best. Uh, as we have, we have a comment here on the Real Wrestling Net live stream. I actually talked to ACH before. Um, he's a, he's a really cool guy. Um, really cool guy. We actually he actually wanted to come on the show. Uh, we have to get that scheduled here soon for ACH to uh, to come here on the show. But uh, yeah, he's a really cool guy. Um, I go to ROH events and introduce myself, and uh, you know we had, we had a pretty cool conversation before. So. We'll see ACH's uh, thoughts on professional wrestling and where he is on Ring of Honor here soon. We'll go ahead and book an interview w- with that. Next, we have uh, Nikki Bella defeating Paige. Um, uh, I, I I'm okay with this. I I, I knew that this was going to lead into WrestleMania. Now, how is going to lead to WrestleMania? I was, you know, up in the air about by having Nikki Bella do a screwy finish to, you know, pull the tights of Paige. It just kind of seemed it seemed kind of blah, to be honest with you. I wasn't a big fan of how it really kind of uh, kind of kind of panned out. However, I'm hoping that we'll get a bit more a bit more build going into WrestleMania because at Raw, it was Paige and Emma against the Bellas. I mean, that was just such a waste of time. We'll get to that here in a few. But I'm not a big fan of how Fastlane ended going into this build because Paige and Nikki Bella against each other makes sense. A lot of people were saying, you know, Natalia might be in the mix, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen anymore. It seems like she's kind of going the heel route again. But eh, Paige and Nikki Bella, just those two at WrestleMania, Paige having really her really her breakout title 
uh, win. You know, people was a lot, NXT wasn't really as popular as it is now when she first won her uh, when she won her first Divas Championship against AJ Lee. So people didn't know a lot of people who weren't avid NXT followers like I was, and, and a lot of you know a lot of the IWC was. But, uh, you know, I would say probably the majority or, or quite a few people weren't really at least weekly NXT followers to really know who Paige was and how old she was and how much of a, um, you know, English lineage she has as far as wrestling is concerned. Um, so it was kind of a who's this type of person. But... The the heel run and, and then the feud with AJ that really helped her. AJ did a really good job, you know, uh, kind of passing the torch in some sort. But she really didn't have a big babyface run uh, or a really notable babyface run. She's definitely, you know, at this point in her career in the WWE, she's definitely one of the top divas. She's only uh, 23, I believe, now. 22, 23 years old. So, I mean, she's got, you know, 15 years left. So now's a good time to start. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a good time to start now. And she can create a, a legendary, you know, uh, career. And this will be a, a good first moment of, of her, the career of Paige, you know, if she if she beats uh, Nikki Bella at at WrestleMania, I'm I'm kind of rooting for just a one on one match, just because she can have some type of moment like that. I think Paige has the ability to revive the women's division um, like it used to be with Trish Stratus and Mickey James and Victoria and. You know all the uh, all the, uh, the the legends in the past. Uh, Lita, of course, um, and then even with you know those like Michelle McCool and Layla and Melina and you know that that era wasn't wasn't too bad either. Um, so yeah, we we at least need that to come back, and it's been a good uh, at least six years or so that we haven't seen something anything like that. So. Paige has what it takes, and I, and, I, and I hope she gets her moment at WrestleMania. I hope she gets her moment or not. She's just another diva now. I mean, as far as it really looks, and the divas division is back to being nothing. That's when it almost could be resurrected from something. It's back to just being boring filler, and it's pretty much due to the uh, the diva show. It just filled that in the Monday Night Raw, and I've said that a million times. I hate that, but they're going to continue to do it, and it's just going to make every diva that irrelevant and it's just not that again i'm bored with the divas division page could have been something and i get everything with the page and the lineage and uh hey it's but they're going to flower her too much to make her too too bella-esque and just you know make her a, oh, a deep and that's it but it's almost the transformation is pretty much there i mean i just don't think page has really been able to maintain that tough attitude and image that she had when she first came and it's still it's just been watered down and the divas division is back to where it was and to where it never has to what it never will be 
I hope we see some improvement. I, I really do. Next question is, who managed the Ultimo Dragon in WCW? Who managed the Ultimo Dragon in WCW? And if you really are big into trivia, are you? if you're really a Wrestlehead, how many championships did the Ultimo Dragon, was the Ultimo Dragon, um, kind of promoted to have in his debut in WCW. How many championships did they say Ultimate Dragon had in his WCW debut? And next we have the Sting and Triple H confrontation. Yes, yes, yes. I, oh, man, oh, man, I... And I've said this before on the show. I absolutely love the build between Sting and Triple H. Here's the thing. Now, for the show's been on air for almost three years now. We've said a lot of bad things about just the direction of the WWE product. There's still a lot of bad things to say, even as we speak. But one of those things is certainly not the build between Sting and Triple H. Now, it's like they probably hired some freelance writers or something like that. Somebody different has to be on the creative staff to really bring this out of the WWE content because I absolutely love it, love it, love it. Just the when I was there live, uh, a few weeks back on Raw, when they did the whole "I accept" thing, uh, just the, the 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 sporadic appearances by Sting. Now that is the closest thing that you can do to bring you know to to relive the '97 Sting moment when he didn't talk for a year, and I love it. You know, I was I was I I'm really a big fan of uh, of of just listening to 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 chat and and to videos and uh, you know I've read the articles and and watched the videos of of certain you know of people saying he should talk and you know I was I, I said no from the very beginning don't have Sting say a word because a lot of times that continues the element of mystique and I've said this before on the show I said there's two things that people it's age old effective ways to to make something fun to make something special to 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 keep to capture that moment one it's not in a particular order one the underdog pop that's why Daniel Bryan was so over last year and two the element of mystique that's why Undertaker was over for so long and still is that's why Kane was over for so long when he didn't talk. You know, people were just awed by him. I mean, it it always works. The element of mystique, and and Sting just embodies the element of mystique. And this is as close to '97 as we can get because he's not saying anything. That is perfect, perfect writing. Don't have him say a word. We the bat was back. I mean, just and the thing is, what's so amazing about that is that it, it seems as if 
these parts are just kind of uh it's kind of like pieces on a puzzle. He didn't come he didn't start he didn't he didn't come with the bat. He didn't debut with the bat in, in Survivor Series. You know, a lot of people complain about that. Um because Sting was definitely known for the bat when he, you know, from the very beginning of the Crow Sting, he was known for that the black bat. And he didn't come with the black bat. People start talking about it. But it's so funny that it could have been just pieced. It could have been a piece of the puzzle that just wasn't there yet. And we just didn't see the whole thing. And I I, I think it's perfect that we saw the, the, the bat is back. We saw the, the you know, the, the, the shoving on the on the chin. We point to the WrestleMania sign. Just all the the nuances and the mannerisms was, uh, oh, it, it was an amazing segment that I was totally happy about. Yeah, they couldn't have done it any better. I mean, really, it just, it made both of them, both of them look pretty good as far as Triple H calling them out, um, trying to strike first blood. You got Sting just kind of standing there. I mean, yeah, I get the don't talk. If he did talk, keep it minimal. But again, I mean, why why even chance that? Just go out there with the bat, motion of the sign. Just let Triple H know that you're there. Let the fans know that you're there. He was there in the present. He was in the ring with Triple H. It's going to go down. It's very uh, interesting. I think we all know how it's going to end, but. You know, is this going to be the only match with Sting? Would you be okay with them kind of maybe say SummerSlam be Sting's last match? I was kind of thinking that the other day. Is this is this it? Yes, please. I would be totally okay if this was the only Sting match and he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame next year. I would be absolutely 100% okay with that. He just needed one moment. Don't tarnish it. Don't do anything. You know, the guy's... Will be 56 years old on on next March 20th. Actually, that's how much of a Sting mark that I that I am. I know Sting's birthday, and so he will be 56 years old. He doesn't need to, he didn't, come on now. He doesn't need to put anybody over. He doesn't need to wrestle a match. He doesn't need to wrestle Bray Wyatt at SummerSlam and all these all these crazy ideas that people come up with. No. He does not need to put anyone over. He needs his one moment. And Triple H is the perfect person to go against Sting for this one moment. He doesn't need to put anybody over. No. Have him wrestle WrestleMania at WrestleMania. We don't ever have to see Sting. And this is coming from a Sting mark. This is this is from someone who Sting is my all-time favorite wrestler ever since I've known professional wrestling. I've been a Sting guy. We don't ever have to see Sting again after WrestleMania, and I would totally be okay with it. Other than the main, other than the Hall of Fame next year, but you know he's fifty. He'll be fifty-six years old. He's needed. You know he's already he's already revived his character. You know he was in TNA for you know ten years, and. The, the Sting character became so diluted in TNA that it was, you know, and I'm not a TNA basher. I, I watch TNA, but his his gimmick was so diluted in TNA, it was just, it was just, ah, uh, it was just cringeworthy how much it was diluted. But 
now, you know, 10 years later, uh, really a dozen years later, his he's back. I mean, this thing that we knew in the late 90s is back. And kudos to realwrestling.net. <laughs> I got a comment said that uh, at that uh, during the time I marked out, I did in my mind, that's for sure. Uh, and good job, Sonny Ono is the is the correct answer. But I mean, just don't don't do it. <laughs> don't give him a match after match. Don't have no 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 no. And I, I totally um, uh, and uh, well, here's the thing. Um, comment here. I wish they used Sting's old theme though. Uh, I, you know what, in all due respect, I disagree, because I'm a big, you know, like I said, I, I love the Crow theme, it's, it's, it's like none else, but this Raven-esque, you know, theme, I love it, it did not, it, it did not take me long to realize, first of all, Johnson is just a music monster, uh, he, I think Jim Johnson should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, without question. But this theme here, oh, I love it. I, I think it, I think it just really brings that mystique back, and it does a really, really good job. It, it, it brings the WWE, it, it, you know, kind of like how Goldberg's theme was. It, his 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 he, he, uh, WCW thing was good. But his WWE theme, his tweak the same, it was a bit better actually, and I liked it a lot. I liked it better than the uh, than the WCW theme. Uh, same thing with Scott Steiner, and so Jim Johnson. Jim Johnston has a way of, of uh, just really making some some people's themes and tweaking them to making them a little better. He hasn't. He doesn't have a hundred percent success rate, but it's it's pretty high up there. Um, and, and I love Sting's theme. I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. And uh, I, I really, it, it didn't take me a long time at all. It didn't take me a long time at all um, uh, to, to realize that that I, I'm a big fan of this theme. And, and like I said, I just one off, one off moment with Sting. This is the time. We don't need Sting Taker. No, 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 no Sting Taker. No, <laughs> one-off moment. Let this be his moment. Get inducted next year, and, uh, and 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 there you go for sure. So, next we have. Um, well, let's do another trivia question. Before they were too cool, Brian Christopher and uh, and Scott Taylor uh, were known as what? Before they were too cool, Christopher and Taylor were known as what? All right, so next we have Bat Bot News Barrett defeating Dean Ambrose by disqualification. Uh, I knew this was going to be a screwy finish. I wasn't planning on some type of uh, um, finish to be relevant uh, in this match at all. Um, I thought it was going to lead to a, another one-on-one match at WrestleMania, but stemming from Raw, we might be seeing something different. We might get a little R-Truth in there. We might get a little Dolph Ziggler in there. So uh, I'm okay with it just because it's reviving the Intercontinental Championship. It's finally making the Intercontinental Championship, you know, worthy of being 
showcased at WrestleMania. Like I said before on previous shows, you had like a, a pre-show match between Barrett and Miz. You kind of had a thrown-together match between Big Show and, and Cody Rhodes a few years back of it being Big Show's WrestleMania moment. Uh, by winning the Intercontinental Championship, in, in, in all fairness, that really didn't mean much, you know, <laughs> to his career. Although Cody did, Cody Rose did do a good job showing all the <laughs> the WrestleMania flops he had, but that was just a thrown together feud. But finally, this this will this has the opportunity to finally. <laughs> commemorate or finally showcase what the championship is all about. And the Intercontinental Championship in the 80s and early 90s, that was the show-stealing championship. And I think that finally we may have an opportunity to see that at WrestleMania. I think finally we will have an opportunity at WrestleMania. Finally have something to do with the Intercontinental Championship other than trading hands every couple weeks or every pay-per-view. I mean, I'm totally with you, and we've talked about this so many times on the show, how the Intercontinental Championship's just been a nothing title. Looks like now there's a little more interest in it. I think they got the right people in place to make that happen. And it's um, at WrestleMania, and hopefully even after WrestleMania, it's still going to be something that's thought after that, you know, this is the next person in line to really uh, to make the wrestling world entertaining again and uh you can just only hope for the best but yeah I, I totally agree they got the right people in place for this it's the right time let's make something go with it yep absolutely next we have bray wyatt calling out the undertaker challenging to a match at wrestlemania i mean we saw this coming uh i'm still not on the undertaker bray wyatt wagon i i you know and I reported on our, the, the Cray Wrestling Facebook page that uh, um, the latest is that the, the Undertaker actually won't appear until WrestleMania, uh, kind of like what happened at uh, WrestleMania 20 uh, 11 years ago with him and Kane. I'm okay with it. I, I'm okay with Taker not coming back until WrestleMania. Just because I think, again, that element of mystique, I think it brings that back with Taker because he's lost it the past few years totally, especially with Lesnar. Uh, the Punk feud they showed some vulnerability with the urn and, and so forth. And uh, just, you know, the past few years, he's he's really kind of lost it. Uh, but just to wait until WrestleMania, you know, that that will draw some suspense. I'm, I'm cool with it. And plus... You know, we've we are wrestling dot net, and you know the the uh, I've re- reported on different you know uh, websites, different pictures of different things like the ice bucket challenge and and different different things as you can see. And just previously, Michelle McCool was uh, running a marathon and posted an Instagram video, a few Instagram videos. Um, you can you can see, and actually today. Um, there was an Instagram uh, Instagram picture of uh, the Undertaker working out, and as you can see, he's growing his hair back. It's not just a, a mohawk; he's got he's got a little hang time uh, in his hair. So we might see. I mean, we won't see long, stringy haired Undertaker again, but uh, at least we'll get rid of the faux hawk because the faux hawk he looks 
too much like Uncle Fester, and I wasn't having it. But, you know, Undertaker growing his hair back, and I'm sure he'll dye it. And uh, we, we might actually see a less frail-looking, feeble Undertaker this year, which is a good thing. And, you know, I, I still feel that he should have some retribution in Brock Lesnar. But, you know... I guess the consolation prize would be Bray Wyatt. And like I said, like I said in previous shows, Bray Wyatt and Taker would have been absolutely perfect last year. I think I think this is a year too late. I don't think it's I don't I think it it still be a decent, you know, outcome and you know, decent build for the next few weeks. But I think Taker Bray would have been absolutely perfect. Taker didn't need to lose to Brock. Especially if Brock's walking out during Raw because of uh, a business conversation, which happened last night. And so it really didn't mean, at the end of the day, him beating Taker really, and we've said this before, it didn't mean anything. But Taker Bray last year would have been good. Taker Bray this year, yeah, it's not too bad, but Bray's doing his best to, to. kind of put the angle on his shoulders because we're not seeing Taker, we're not seeing any vignettes, we're not seeing any appearances. And so him with his mic work and all of his vignettes that he's doing, he's doing his best. So i got to give him something for that at least. Yeah, you do. He's making the most of it. I think it's going to work. I understand what you're saying where, you know, last year this would have been perfect. Well, this didn't happen last year, unfortunately. It's going to happen this year. And, uh... You know, it could end up being a casket match or a buried alive match. It's WrestleMania. I mean, Taker's involvement will still, you know, ring true with the with the nostalgic crowd. I and mean, hopefully, he's not as frail and diminished looking as he was. And if he is, then so be yeah. it. Still, the Taker, the mystique and magic is still going to be there. Ah, uh, but if he looked like he did last year, ain't no mystique to that at all. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, yeah. Nobody's uh, let's hope not. Let let let's let's hope not. Let's just keep him out of wrestling if he's going to look like that for sure. Rusev defeating John Cena, I was totally okay with this. I think it was a great move. I think Rusev. I think you know the very fact that Cena, John, the the John Cena, put over Rusev in that manner. Hey, it really goes to show that they're investing a lot in Rusev, and I keep saying this, and I and I still will. Rusev is the the modern day Nikita Koloff. I think, you know, he he's 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 Nikita Koloff thirty years ago. Uh, well, he he's who Nikita Koloff was thirty years ago. This is the Russian antagonist and U.S. champion. So you know, uh, how about that? So was Nikita Koloff. Uh, but it, it works. It, it totally works. Uh, Nikita Koloff was immediately over when he when he was uh, a Russian antagonist. He kind of, you know, he kind of was introduced by Ivan, and Ivan was uh, very established at that time. But just Nikita certainly trumped Ivan in the in the NWA um, as far as uh, as far as being over is concerned. And so I see Rusev. You know, I see Rusev being the same thing. I see him being a modern-day Nikita Koloff, and it works, surprisingly. Even with the smart crowd that we have these days, you know, it works. 
and Rusev is probably the only heel that's actually a pure heel. Because now the nowadays the heels are, are cheered and there's so much blur between baby faces and heels. Rusev is really the only heel that is actually working because you either you either have a cool heel that people like, or you just have a heel that people don't care about. Rusev is neither. Rusev is a pure heel. He has his Russian antagonist gimmick. Lana's working well for him, and people don't like him. Because he's a villain, and that's how it's supposed to be. So I'm totally, you know, on the investment train when it comes to Rusev. And him, you know, beating John Cena in the way that he did was was, was good. I was a fan of it. Yeah. Uh, that's the perfect way to end that match, just kind of keep this feud going. Um, as far as being the pure heel, I mean, absolutely right. I mean, he's the Russian... John, you don't have anybody that you know, holds on and says, I love Rusev. <laughs> you just, but, and that's great because you had the same thing with the Iron Sheik yeah. and when Sergeant Slaughter was healed. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was beautiful. And seeing this perfect guy to uh, encounter that type of heel. And, uh, I mean, it, it's classic where this is going to go afterwards as far as when WrestleMania is done, what's Rusev going to do, what's Cena going to do. But for the moment, it is great, and it's, uh, it's great writing. Uh, absolutely. We have Roman Reigns defeating Daniel Bryan. I okay, and I, I've been a I've been a Roman Reigns apologist, and I still am. The biggest thing that I have to say about this match, other than it was a good match, you know, people. It's so funny that even even the doubters admitted that it was a good match. And when you have this is awesome chance now. Now Memphis wasn't a. Memphis isn't a smarky crowd. It's, you know, Memphis wrestling, you know, it's it's USWA, you know, it's 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 Lawlerville. It's not very smarky at all actually. Um but when you have a decent but not loud crowd chanting this is awesome during a Roman Reigns match, uh that pretty much says a lot right there and I, I you know I, I've been a Roman Reigns apologist not because of his athleticism not because of his might work mic work it's because he's the guy he, he's the heir apparent to John Cena people just need to wave their white flag and just <laughs> put up with it as as Batista would say deal with it and you know give him time and I've said that many times many times on the show give him time let them build and they did a fantastic job uh, really putting him over. Both Daniel Bryan and Paul Heyman did a fantastic job putting him over on Raw, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But it was a solid match. I mean, it was some, some lows and some highs, but, you know, uh, it's ridiculous for someone to say that Daniel Bryan carried the match. Uh, come on now. that That's just... That, that's really getting to the point of just being in denial because you, you have to admit the Roman Reigns is improving in the ring. His cadence is getting better. You know, he still looks a bit winded. He just, you know, probably needs to work on the, the cardio a little bit better. But give it time. I mean, give the guy some time. And we're seeing it now. 
Orton match, you know, his Orton match was three months ago. At, uh, well, actually, it was at, what, SummerSlam. So it was, you know, what, five, six months ago. Yeah, six months ago. And so just think about the fact that he looked so winded in his Randy Orton match. So look at a six-month six month difference between Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan. And Orton and Bryan are both very solid workers. And so you saw the difference between Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan, six months difference there. Please, you know, someone stop denying whoever or the uh, the Reigns haters and just admit that you are seeing some improvement. And even with that, give them more time. You know, let let his character continue to evolve. I like what they're doing as far as, you know, saying I have doubters and that is an element to his character. And it's so funny that the ones that, – that Reigns is actually getting more cheered – when he's not when he's not acting like the cookie cutter type of Cena 2.0 type of guy, he's really kind of making those you know smarky smug faces and just kind of playing to you know the crowd. He's actually getting cheered more, and we saw that on Raw. So it's going to work out. You know, with time, it's going to work out, and and we saw that at Fastlane and Raw how. You know, Reigns' character is definitely going to continue to evolve. It has been evolving, and it's been nice. You had the big uh, fallout of uh, Royal Rumble, and uh, no one really thought it was going to turn around much. It's turned around drastically. It's turned out around a lot. So, not uh, I'm not going to be down on Roman Reigns. Uh, he's got uh, he's got a clear path in front of him. He knows what his goal is. He knows what he's got to do. And uh, it's, he has made an awesome rebound from uh, Royal Rumble. And so, I mean, that's only going to work in his advantage. I don't like Daniel Bryan being too happy and let me shake your hand because you beat me up and you won. That's getting, yeah, that's too, uh, I don't know, creamy. That's too, I don't like that. Um, but, you know, given what it's got, Roman Reigns, I mean, it, they're obviously going to go uh, with him. I think he can carry it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, real quick, we only got about fifteen minutes. Um, next trivia question. Dun dun dun. Let's just do some 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 you know some Black History Month quick uh, trivia questions to to commemorate Black History Month. So, who? Was a what? Which black wrestler was a tag team champion with Marcus Alexander Bagwell and WCW? What black wrestler was uh, tag team champion with Marcus Alexander Bagwell in WCW? Uh, great, uh, you know what? Kudos to RealWrestling.net because they they get it. <laughs> those those wrestling fans get it because I'm loving the comments that I'm seeing here. Um, of, of people just understanding, like, hey, he, Roman Reigns has gotten better. You, you mean you just can't you can't deny it. I'm like I said, just the, the jump that he's had. I mean, watch. Hey, I'm sure most of you have the WWE WWE Network. Watch the match with him and Orton. It wasn't terrible, but it was you know he was winded. He was it was getting a little winded. Just watch the match between him and Orton at, at Summer SummerSlam, and watch the match you know between him and Brian last night. You definitely will see some improvement. Again, uh, the trivia question on deck, Black History Month trivia question is, 
but Black Wrestler was tag team champions with Marcus Alexander Badwell and WCW. And yes, absolutely, good job, Two Code Scorpio. I am a I'm a fan of Two Code Scorpio, man. Yeah, he, he was uh, he he's good. He, he he was he was good peeps, man. I, I think that uh, uh, Flash Funk was a, a terrible way to bring him in to the WWE, especially how over he was in ECW as Two Code Scorpio, and it even worked with uh, with with Marcus Bagwell. It worked with with Ron Simmons when he was when he was tag team partners with Ron Simmons, and to bring him in as Flash Funk was just. And uh, it was ridiculous. It was it was an atrocity. Next Black History Month question. Speaking of horrible gimmicks, uh, who was known as Samba Simba in the WWE? Uh, this guy was uh, a, a tag team champion, uh, but he came back as Samba Simba, and somehow that was supposed to work out for him, but didn't. But thankfully, he built a really, really good legacy before Samba Simba happened, and uh, you know he was the uh, he was a, a tag team champion uh, in the WWE. So, who is that guy? And the answer uh, is coming up here soon through chat. And real quick, uh, I was asked in the chat room uh, on the. Uh, Blog Talk Radio chat room. Uh, who was um, his tag team partner in the Dancing Fools of, of Berlin? And that was uh, uh, that was uh, uh, Disco Inferno. Yeah, Disco Inferno. All right. Well, let's get to Raw. Um, let's get to Raw. We have Randy Orton in ring promo calls out Seth Rollins. The authority comes out, tries to recruit Orton back, and then, of course, we saw in the back, uh, Orton gets recruited back. Uh, you know, to me, it's just a way of uh, eventually just, you know, Orton just snapping between now and Mania. I don't know how I feel about this. It just seems like they're backtracking. I mean, I think we kind of get the fact that Orton and Rollins are going to feud at Mania and so for him to be a part of the authority again, it's just kind of weird. So I, I didn't know, necessarily think that that was a good idea. wasn't a good idea. I mean, I can see why they're doing it, though, just for the fact that you know, what else are they going to do? Just, they have to do something to build up to WrestleMania. So I can see it. But uh, I think Orton pretty much you know, got what's going to, uh, to really make a good impact as a baby face. Yeah. Who was Samba Simba, Derek? That's a good question. A lot of people want to ask, who was Samba Simba? And he was a very delicate person. <laughs> who was known as Samba Simba, former WWE Tag Team Champion? What black wrestler was known as Samba Simba? And it's so it's so crazy that, um, you know, usually within the chat rooms and Twitter, people are, you know, they 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 jump real quick to uh, answer questions, but uh, yeah, I don't know this one. Although Tony Atlas, yes, Tony Atlas is the correct answer. Good job. Uh, kudos to WeAreWrestling.net. They beat uh, the Blog Talk Radio chat room and also uh, Twitter. So uh, next Black History Month question. 
What was the nickname of Kamala? What was the nickname of Kamala? Now, technically, he had two nicknames. Technically, he had two. But he was known as something. He he was he had one big one in, in WWE. Um, but he, he had, yes, Ugandan Giant. Good job. And he also was known as Ugandan something else in World Class. He was known as Ugandan something else and what was the other he was ugandan giant in wwe but he was also the ugandan what that's the part b of the of the trivia question all right so back to raw you get dolph ziggler and Brad, bad news brown we talked about that uh as far as uh what they're going to do with with adding them in uh it should be pretty cool uh a primetime player is defeating the uh the the ascension Awesome, yes, the Ugandan headhunter, absolutely. Um, great, great job. How, how about that? We got some world class fans. Uh, yeah, so eh, primetime players, I'm cool with them coming back, but just a random roll up win against the Ascension with no build kind of kind of takes the life out of uh, primetime players' push, especially when they got beat up afterwards. You know, I got I got a I got a text uh, from a friend of mine <laughs> after that match. You know, saying why are these guys getting pushed? And I don't know the Ascension. I wasn't a fan of them in NXT, and I'm certainly not a fan of them on WWE TV. I think they are just a total waste of time to me. Yeah, it is a total waste of time. I mean, they've got nothing to do with these guys. I mean, that's just it. I mean, either team. I mean, you've got Tyson Kidd and Cesaro in one corner, and the other corner, you don't really have anyone else that's up and coming. And the Ascension's just kind of a joke, and I don't think they're going to ever build anything out of them. Yeah, I, I agree. Next we have, uh, we talked about the Roman Reigns in-ring promo. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I think it was a good way of building Reigns. Uh, Usos defeating Kid and Cesaro by DQ. Um, yes, that's their rematch clause, but you know, I, I hope we don't get a six-man match at WrestleMania. I hope we don't get like a six-man mixed tag match and that they just don't defend the uh, tag team champion. I, I would not be okay with that. So, hopefully, we get uh, a rematch. Well, like I said, you know. Usos have their match independent of the of the tag team titles and another you know uh, another babyface team emerges. I'd be t- uh, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'd be okay with it. Um, again, it's just it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, I it, it's it's nothing it's nothing big it, it's nothing catastrophic. Real quick, we got a uh, uh, comment. I love WCCW. I yeah, I was a huge fan of World Class too, and, and I, I there's something about World Class's uh, World Class Championship Wrestling theme music to me that was just absolutely amazing. I I was a huge fan of of World Class Championship Wrestling's theme song. It was just absolutely amazing. Then you had like Mark Lawrence uh, uh, as a uh, the, the, the announcer. 
toast of the coast, Buddy Roberts. And, yeah, just real monotone, but really funny. Uh, just a really monotone. Then you had Bill, uh, I was a Bill Mercer. Uh, that was the, uh, just the, uh, kind of the color analyst all by himself. <laughs> and, uh, he, you know, what's so funny about Bill Mercer is that he had a, a huge, I mean, that, 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 the headset that he had was just absolutely hilarious. I mean, it was huge. And uh, yeah, it was world class. was was just absolutely amazing. I, I was a big fan of of world class championship wrestling. So uh, next we have Bray Wyatt promo on Titan Tron. You know that was uh, pretty pretty interesting as far as uh, the, the continuing the build. Um, then we have uh, uh, th- then we had Jack Swagger defeating Stardust. We talked about that already as far as Stardust. Uh, um, Losing matches, Cena in ring promo, the match between you know him and Rusev, and that happens at WrestleMania. And we talked about uh, you know him not being he he shouldn't have John Cena shouldn't get the rub for Rusev. It's just ridiculous. We talked about the pe- Bellas and the Page uh, defeating Emma, and then Ryback defeating Curtis Axel, and of course Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. Uh, Defeating Seth Rollins and Randy Orton, uh, Randy Orton kind of teasing uh, a turn, but uh, it don't happen. It didn't happen, but of course we'll, we'll see that uh, sooner than later. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got about a few minutes left, and let's talk about Hacksaw Butch Free. We'll be right back. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Axel Butch Reed. Now he was with the Doom. He he was a big heel in, in the WCW. Uh, but hey, this guy was the man in Mid South. Him and, J- and Junkyard Dog. But uh, there there was a, a lot of it was a time where he was really, really, really over. He was a big heel, and then he started feuding with uh, Dick Slater and Ric Flair, and was uh, one of the, you know, the top babyface. And uh, I think, I think that if they would have carried that over to the w- uh, NWA, I definitely think that Hacksaw Butch Reed would have uh, uh, had enough momentum to have at least one NWA World Title reign. What do you think, Derek? Uh, yeah, I believe, you know, the Butch Reed had a lot going for him. And it's, I don't remember a whole lot in the Mid-South because I didn't get it that time. But it was, I remember as a natural Butch Reed, he had blonde hair, came in with Slick, I believe. And um, I believe he feuded a few times with uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, maybe over the Intercontinental title. But, uh, I mean, again, he was a he was a natural with Hacksaw Butch Reed. Mid-South, I mean, if you come out of Mid-South, you've got a lot going for you. That was one of the breeding grounds for professional wrestling. And uh, Hacksaw Butch Reed, I mean, absolutely one of the uh, one of the best, you know, give it up for Black History Month in wrestling because there's just so much to cover. You could take a whole yes. month's worth of episodes just to go on that. Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely agree. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are coming to a close. We uh, there's there's much you know. I think this will carry over. This this Black History trivia. I think it's good enough to carry over uh, to to next week as well. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for continuing to support Pancakes and Power Slams. 152 episodes in the books, and again, three year episode coming up on April the 7th. Until then, we got some. We got a few more surprises in between now and the three-year anniversary. So please be sure to stay tuned. Until uh, give us one more. Okay, real quick. Um, uh, what black wrestler was the bodyguard of Chris Jericho in the WWE? Real quick. What bodyguard was the uh, what, what black wrestler was the bodyguard of Chris Jericho in the WWE? Real quick. Real quick. Until I hear some, I see some type of uh, response. Uh, thank you so much for continuing to uh, listen to Pancakes and Power Slams. We've got the blah, blah, blah. Uh, nope, we don't we don't got the right answer so far, so we're about to get off. The correct answer was Curtis Hughes. So thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week, 153 episodes next week, 152 down this week. Until next week, continue to support Pancakes and Power Slams. God bless you all, and have a good rest of the week. Enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. Goodbye.